0: Hello, my name is Kili Jimenez Garcia, and this is Lavender Cope, Episode 1, Just the Essential sense, so Truth, Informed Consumer. We can start by doing our podcast ritual and turn on one of our daily scents. Today, I chose chamomile Candle, and we will be talking about aromatherapy. Weirdly enough, even the orangutans and primates at the Denver Zoo have tried it, so it is a pretty big thing. It is very accessible and sold in every store, like Bath and Body Works, Walmart, and even more. Basically, you can get your hands into one of these. In this episode, we'll get in-depth on aromatherapy. We'll ask what it is, its history, its claim, and the question, does it really work? To begin, we'll talk about my experience. I started playing with aromatherapy a few years back with my therapist to help me with my anxiety and PTSD. The oils would be diluted into a lotion to be applied topically or massaged this would be helpful to stimulate my nasal waves as well as to reconnect with taking care of myself and receiving touch. Another technique that she would do was to put it in the air with a diffuser in order while uh, I was working with my meditation and breathing exercises to focus onto the outside world and stimulate my senses in order to reprocess my emotions and redirect my focus. It worked in relaxing me and I slowly started to collect them. Aromatherapy's growth in history Aromatherapy growing up became an aesthetic and popular in cosmetics and in stores, especially in products that promoted well-being. Peter Landau talked about the fragrance foundation's thoughts on the aromatherapy in the 1999 French Conference. It was said that it would become very popular and important for perfume manufacturers around the late 1990s and was expected to rise. The environmental fragrances that affected mood would soon be offered in many forms, and he was not wrong. Today, we can see bars of soap, lotions, and even more products. Grandview Research, is a business consulting firm that specializes in giving research and analysis on the market, predicted that the revenue in the United States would spike from 40% from 2014 to 2018 and would is expected to reach more than $5 billion in the next four years because of its marketing as being aesthetic, natural, and medicinal. Basically, these would be attractive things for buyers. Aromatherapy does not have one exact definition. Some say it is the treatment manifested through the sense of smell. The most solid definition that I could find was that it was a concept based on small case studies and folklore. Natural essential oils and herbs would help treat mental and physical disorders. The word was first used during World War I, and the term aromatherapy was coined by rene Maurice Scotta-Fossé, a French chemist who experimented with essential oils for wound healing during World War I. After a lab explosion, René burnt his hand and put lavender oil by coincidence, and it helped him heal pretty fast. And obviously that made him want to look into it. Fun fact. Why do you think essential oils are called essential? Giving you time to think about it? Are they maybe essential for your health? Mm, not really. Essential oils are called essential because they have a plant's essence in them. Now, back on track, as always, the first person is not taken seriously. And it wasn't until the late 1980s when it when it was People who started to consider it while the medicine was starting to take a holistic approach as well as the emergence of psychoneuromonology. A holistic approach is one in which they consider not just the physical well being, as well as the mind, spirit, and emotion. Breaking the word psychoneuromonology apart gives a cycle having to do with the mind, neuro, healing with the brain, immune, relating to immunity. Algae, meaning uh, the study of, basically, the study of the interactions of the mind and the immune system. The essential oil. So what are these essential oils and where do they come from? What are these oils that we are so obsessed with? Basically, they are concentrated, scented liquids distilled from plants which are easy to evaporate. It takes almost 2,000 lavender blossoms to give us a few drops of the essential oil, Gural said, director of the integrative medicine at Sibley Memorial Hospital in the district, which makes the production of them very expensive. Their potency in a bottle is up to 50 to 100 times more concentrated than that of the plant. After they are made into oils, they use gas chromatography and mass spectrometry to separate compounds to identify the components in order to have an idea of the potential benefits of its use as well as its chemical makeup and shapes. Also, in doing this, they can check for how adulterated, aka pure it is, as well as a chemical composition which helps give us information on how we could possibly apply it as well as give us an idea of some of its benefits for our health. That is not done with all the oils and it is just done when developing new ones and to ensure its quality. More history. It might seem like a pretty recent finding of the 1990s, but modern medicine cannot claim this one. Aromatherapy or aromatics being used to heal has been a thing for centuries. The Greeks during the golden age wrote work on medical therapies involving aromatics, Not only that, but the ancient Egyptians used essential oils like cedarwood, spine art and cinnamon in medical treatments and ointments. Even during the medieval Europe, it was tried for the outbreak of the bubonic plague and sadly it failed uses and claims. So how do people use aromatherapy you may ask? Before going ahead, just a reminder they may have some side effects, it may cause irritation, Allergic reactions, different effects depending on the administration, as well as the techniques and the dosage you get. In order to practice aromatherapy, you should probably look into checking in aromatherapies whose consultation may cost from $75 to $150, while the oils themselves can raise from $15 to $400 per ounce. Not all practice it professionally. People use them to dilute them in carriers like lotions or oils to put on the skin, along with therapies as bath salts, room sprays, inhalers, and diffusers. It is recommended to dilute them in carriers because they are concentrated, and if they are diluted, they will reduce the likelihood of an irritation as well as make them easier to distribute. During the experimentation with oils that I had, while doing therapy, it was used to redirect and give me something to focus on and relax while I was anxious. It also was sometimes cooling at some points. Strangely enough, people eat them, but please don't do that. It is very risky and bad to ingest them because of their concentrated... Like. So, why would people go so far as to the extent of eating them? They got pretty big claims and a pretty big following. Aromatherapists say bergamot, lemon, clary sage, lavender, roma, and chamomile, and others all work to reduce stress, anxiety, help mood, and much more. Lavender, it is said to heal skin conditions like burns, tension, insomnia, stomach cramps. Tea tree may help with skin and acne, as well as the respiratory system to decongest, while others essential oils will help with skin conditions, muscle pains, depression, colics, tap skin, dry skin, cellulite, and the list goes on and on. So, how does it work? So, why would you think a few oil oils or scents would be able to improve your whole mood? Well, the reasoning is pretty straightforward. Humans are multi-sensory and it may seem like many benefits are delivered through non-visual senses and these potential avenues may give psychological mechanisms to occur. The human body is very complex, and it is said to have more than 1,000 genes to regulate scent receptors in our noses. Each receptor is specific, but the combination of them allows them to create a variety of odors. Our body reaction to the odors can cause a sense of, or are neurologically transmitted to the olfactory bulb in our brain. After reaching the olfactory bulb, it is sent out to multiple areas in the cerebral cortex and limbic system. One reason for the strong link between olfactory and memory emotionality may be for the fact that the olfactory bulb is linked to structures such as the amygdala, hippocampus, which are associated with emotional experiences and memory. In fact, smell is one of our best ways that we can remember things. We can see this with scent-based cues and the connectedness of emotional reactions, such as nostalgia. So, what are the problems? The current aromatherapy business tactics are questionable. There are marketing giants that hire untrained wellness advocates, which sometimes recommend synthetic augmentations of the oils without acknowledging their differences. There are so many low-quality products in the market that contain synthetic fragrances or isolated fragrance chemicals. There is no general consensus on if it works or not because the market is messy. Even if I have to run into a problem like that, I would still have no idea. i have often getting linenol instead of lavender and that's just a small problem on my face. Even the equipment is not standardized because of the cheap overflow of competition. We can see it with diffusers that spray concentrated oils instead of diffuser diluted ones, which is a big no no. At this point, one thing to know is that essential oils need to be diluted. You can't just have them concentrated. Even with all the problems, the FDA has not done too much in regulating it because. It is not one of its focuses right now where it hasn't caused too many problems. It will only get involved if the claims are outrageous. Skeptics like Lynn McEntion rightfully say that it may be confused causation. The technique, not only the oil, may be effective. She says that the tests are done with electrocephalograms, self-mood reports, which could be subjective to a point. The FDA has shut down a few products that had extreme claims, like curing cancer, but that is pretty rare. The industry lacks transparency by having too many unsafe fakes and almost no regulations. The FDA has not gotten to define what makes an essential oil safe or how it should be used and marketed for the public. This gives producers the liberty to almost put anything in the themselves. This is problematic because it puts fake oils that may be allergens or unsafe, For the respiratory system leading to side effects like headaches or possibly even worse there is no consistency in the products and the techniques that they use to reproduce them providing and even how effective they say they are is not something they promise not only that but it is obvious that the effectiveness depends on the dose there's no specific directions on how much you should take or how frequently Most of the cases and labels that I've seen just say put a few drops. That doesn't really help to give me an idea of how I should use it. They don't even care to tell you how that you must dilute it. Though they are promoted as medical, there is no ensuring that they are effective in the market for the purpose they say. Terms like therapeutic grade, pharmaceutical grade, medical grade grade are not controlled by the FDA and are plastered in these products And they basically don't mean anything. These words are not clearly defined and could mean something different depending on the producer and the person you ask. Even the extraction methods are not regulated and they alone can affect the safety or the toxicity of the product. Distilled is the safest way of production for these oils. The ambiguous claims are thrown left and right like a porosidesiac, uplifting, and are very confusing and hard to measure. So yes, it can get very confusing. So how would we troubleshoot this? A few pointers that would be recommended in order to use essential oils, like I said, is to dilute, dilute, dilute. In order to avoid getting a synthetic tempered oil, you should look into the ingredients for the scientific name of the plant and the source in order to know its quality. Remember to check for the required warnings against toxic oils, growing metals and special extraction of these methods. As well as the safest route is to always practice it with the guidance of an expert. So, what does the research say? We have all heard of scientific method, but following it does not guarantee that we are looking at the right data or the right things. Of the 100 most common essential oils, about 10 of them have been researched in great depth. Who knows what that means? Over the past three years, said Robert Tyrese Rand, Tyrus who wrote the essential oil safety textbook in 1995, has said that there is evidence for many of the things they claim, like the cooling effects of peppermint oil, the tree trees of trees ability to kill bacteria, or the lavender's ability to calm. Even without evidence, it is not able to tell us or promise us that it will affect all the people the same. Like my content pointed out, a lot of the oils were tested with other techniques. Much of the research has been evaluated in aromatherapy in the conjunction of modalities such as massage and reflexology. There have been a lot of research that has been done with essential oils, but they have all been done in different ways. For example, there was a study of a nine of seventy-three healthy college students with lavender and rosemary during an anxiety-provoking test. The research with the college students resulted in lower anxiety, but no difference in psychological parameters. Then, in the foul with Fowler in two thousand six, it tested for crisis management in a residential facility home with a group of forty-three adolescents. If you think 43 is big, you are wrong. That is pretty small. 73% of the residents asked for it when they were agitated. And the important thing to note was that it was 3% yang-yang oil, sweet marjoram oil, and bergamot diluted and Jehovah oil. This was either inhaled or given through a modified hand massage technique. After doing it for three months, the number of pharmacological Injections for agitation decreased from 43 to 31. And the normal of oral as needed medications for anxiety and agitation decreased from 6631 to 397. And the number of seclusions and restraints events decreased from 29 to 20. We can see that it helped, but like it has not been done for a long time. And like I said before, the groups are too small. Even the levels of stress may affect the effectiveness of the oils. In a study with 200 people dealing with dental procedures waiting in the waiting room, it was able to reduce pain and stress, but during 118 patients waiting for endoscopy and the same-day procedure, which is obviously more stressful in the U.S., was have. Was shown to have no evidence of it being effective. These two studies prove that aromatherapy is best for helping moderate anxiety compared to severe anxiety. And the recent studies have sought to isolate the effects of aromatherapy and standalone therapy, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So, what do the experts have to say about it all? The problem with addressing aromatherapy is that it means different things to different practitioners. Most of the claims have been made by aromatherapists. However, there is no essentially non-testable way of looking at it. Revolving around vague words and vague claims, they don't really know what to look to. The New Age concepts like spiritual centering and soothing and sharpening the senses have all made it complicated. The FDA may soon need to primar- to have premarket approval to claim it to be as a therapy or change the wording to aromachronology because it does not necessarily follow through FDA's definition of what aromatherapy is. The aromatherapy is recommended to be changed for aromachronology. But what is aromachronology? Aromachronology's term is coined by the Olfactory Research Fund, to describe the temporary psychological effects of scents on people. The Olfactory Research Fund used the term to define the objective concept to study the interrelationship of psychology and fragrance technology in an attempt to understand how the stimulus of olfactory pathways affect the limbic system and thus your feelings. Most of the aromatherapy products work temporarily. That is what the FDA concluded. Their temporary effects may make people question if they can actually heal things in the long term in conclusion doctors like Dr. Ernest say that a weak data might just give us a simple conclusion if it is too good sounding then it probably is it's probably not a solid thing just because it is called natural does not mean it is healthier or better for your health that does not mean that it could not work But at the moment, we should not believe it 100% without having or finding strong evidence. People's interpretation of the extent of essential oils at the moment can vary greatly. Essential oils don't really have an effect on what people think like exactly, but it could help us feel better just by thinking that they improve our mood. Essential oils do not have an effect on our mood, but it might be a bit of a stretch that they would cure things like cancer. It is unlikely that products in the market actually will cater for actual medical healing purposes effectively because like many other things, not one size fits all. The products out there are designed to be bought and bring simple pleasures. If it helps you to feel happy, then you should go ahead and enjoy it. The effects of these oils is temporary and more research should be done and will be done. People will still continue to use them for the aesthetic and the scents to make them happy. And doctors will still utilize them because they might not want to miss out on the opportunity of helping a patient. That is everything for today. And make sure you subscribe and are surprised to think that aromatherapy is way more complicated.